Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811, I'm noting... I'm noticing a, a level of arrogance at some of these unsigned editorials on these various websites, including our friends at National Review, who say, of course, you can impeach a president without a criminal predicate. Now, let me tell you what's interesting about that. If they understood true American history. That happens to be correct. But that has become the settled position. The settled position. There was a great debate early on. Early on. On whether that was in fact the case. And the better argument is, no, it's not the case. You don't have to have a crime. So in the conclusion, they're right, but in the arrogance, they're wrong. And I'm not trying to pick on them as a foil or anything of the sort. We know where the language in the Constitution comes from. The framers tell us. Treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. But an actual criminal violation? It is agreed is not a predicate. But there needs to be something more than quote-unquote abuse of power or quote-unquote obstruction of Congress. Because most people can't agree on what that means. What's abuse of power mean? Going to have some heavy platitudinous definitions? Well, I mean, the country needs to know. The Congress needs to know. The President needs to know what that means. So what does abuse of power mean? Well, it means that phone call. No, 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 no. What is the objective standard other than the subjective conclusion? What does obstruction of Congress mean? Seeking judicial review? Seeking an adjudication from an independent body? On a dispute between two branches? Is that what obstruction of Congress means? So it would be nice if we had a little discussion about this, because they go on and on and on and on. Schiff, Neb, and the other reprobates. That abuse of power. Obstruction of Congress. Now I've given you multiple examples over the weeks and months of what you might consider abuse of power when a president suspends habeas corpus 
when the Constitution says only Congress does. Is that abuse of power? It seemed to be. When a president purchases what becomes the Louisiana Purchase, <coughs> excuse me, without specific budgeting authority and funding from Congress. Is that abuse of power? Seems to be. Jefferson did that. When a president has his army hunt down a member of Congress in Ohio, a Democrat, who he believes is a rabble-rouser for the Confederacy and undermining the effort of the Civil War, and deports that congressman from Ohio to the Confederacy. Is that an abuse of power? Would seem to be. That's Abraham Lincoln. When a president of the United States shares the income tax returns of J. Paul Getty with Ben Bradley, then working for Newsweek, much heralded, iconic Ben Bradley, Is that an abuse of power? It would seem to be. That's John Kennedy. When a president of the United States directs his FBI director to tap the phones of civil rights leaders, including Martin Luther King, at the Democrat convention in Atlantic City, or directs the CIA, the CIA, to tap the phones of his opponent's campaign headquarters, that would be Barry Goldwater. Is that an abuse of power? Seems to be. When a president of the United States issues an edict, a piece of legislation, if you will, creating an entirely new immigration program for illegal alien children, children being anyone under 30-some years of age, called DACA, In other words, legislating from the Oval Office, is that an abuse of power? Would seem to be. That was Barack Obama. Is that what we mean by abuse of power? Well, I don't know what we mean by abuse of power. That's not an abuse of power. What's an abuse of power? When Woodrow Wilson resegregated the civil service because he was a racist, One of the great progressives. Is that an abuse of power? Now let's go to obstruction of Congress. When past presidents, going all the way back to George Washington, resisted efforts by Congress, the House or the Senate, to subpoena or to acquire information, from their closest confidants, part of their decision-making process. Is that obstruction of Congress? Well, then hasn't every president obstructed Congress? And when that president decides not to reject out of hand what Congress is doing, but to go to court, to get a legal decision. Is that obstruction of Congress? Well, the House said it is. 
the Democrats. How can that be? So every or virtually every president has, under their definition, obstructed Congress. And virtually every president has abused power. So if you have phrases that are used like this, that don't have any specific meaning, except the meaning of the moment, the meaning of a particular faction in a political environment, I would ask my friends at National Review, maybe you should write another editorial. Rather than telling us what's not included when it comes to impeachment, or not required when it comes to impeachment, how about what is required when it comes to impeachment? Where is the witness that testified before the House Intelligence Committee or the House Judiciary Committee, the one witness who can show us that the president committed treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors? Who is the witness? One witness. All their witnesses but one was a hearsay witness. And that witness had no information to assist the House Intelligence Committee on impeachment. Where's the smoking gun document? It's not like they didn't get documents, despite the arguments now. The CIA's covering up. The NSA's covering up. The Senate's covering up. They impeached the President of the United States based on something, presumably. Where is the smoking gun document? There isn't one. Where is the actual participant or witness in this phone call who's come forward and said that the President of the United States did the things that these House Democrats have been saying he did for the last 12 hours? There isn't one. Not the president of Ukraine, not the foreign minister of Ukraine, not the secretary of state. There's no John Dean. There's no John. There isn't one. So we need to hear from John Bolton. About what? Well, maybe he has information that the president really was involved in a quid pro quo. But that's not what the House voted on. That's not the information that the House has relayed to the Senate. That's why this is so bogus. It's so bogus. First, we have to hurry up and impeach. Then they slow it down. Then the case is overwhelming, but not overwhelming enough. But I'll tell you what. That Adam Schiff. Wow, can he talk. And talk, and talk, and talk. You know who he reminds me of? An English version of Fidel Castro. Except, he apparently can't grow a beard. These Democrats, and these people in the media, they would be spellbound by Fidel Castro. Or any other facts out there. Who knows how to speak with passion and drama. As they lie through their teeth and spin tails and spin webs. If you have the goods on the President of the United States, you don't need 24 hours. 
You don't need three days. You don't need charts and graphics and video clips. Where's the case? Where's the black and white case? National Review? Or anybody? Where is it? I don't see it. So they changed the impeachment clause of the Constitution to mean anything that any House of Representatives wants it to mean. Is that what it says, National Review? Is that what Madison's note says? No, that's not what Madison's note says. In fact, they rejected it altogether. Completely. They weren't even sure if there should be impeachment. They settled on it. But they tried to figure out how to make it work without turning it into a weapon. And Madison specifically said, if it's turned into a weapon, then you won't have an independent president. The president will, in effect, be serving the interests of the Senate, who can remove him. But they didn't want a parliament. So people are looking, well, then what's the standard? What's the standard? Well, it can't be. It's a crime. It doesn't have to be a crime. And here's the irony of that. You hear the, the Democrat Party media and the Democrats say that the Bill Clinton impeachment was about sex. You know, rape is about sex too. Molestation. Child abuse. You're going to dismiss that as sex too? Bill Clinton was accused of 11 felonies. Including witness tampering. Try that at home. Including obstruction. Including perjury. And outside of the United States Senate that ultimately acquitted him because they didn't have two-thirds, a federal judge convicted him by holding him in civil contempt. Clinton didn't even challenge it because he didn't want to be questioned in open court in Little Rock, Arkansas. The Supreme Court of Arkansas effectively convicted him by taking his law license away for eight years. And Bill Clinton effectively confessed by paying Paula Jones in a settlement in exchange for Robert Ray, the independent counsel at the end, not charging him or creating a situation in which he might charge him, given how controversial that would be. Donald Trump had a phone call. And so what the Democrats were trying to create is a scenario bigger than the phone call, bigger than the transcript, because the transcript doesn't give them what they want. The president of Ukraine doesn't give them what they want. The foreign minister of Ukraine doesn't give them what they want. So they want witnesses. Maybe they'll go to Craigslist. We need witnesses. Any witnesses out there, foreign or domestic? Citizen or non-citizen, any witnesses out there? We need witnesses. Anybody. Anybody. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
As the new year begins, Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty to freedom. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on its core purposes, learning, character, faith and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership and extending its mission to the rest of the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You understand my point, to put a fine point on my point, if you will. The Constitution says treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. We know where they got that from. They got it from English common law. They got it from the practices of the parliament, but they adjusted and modified the language somewhat. And other high crimes and misdemeanors. The parliament had used the phrase high misdemeanors. But the framers changed it to high crimes and misdemeanors. But they are to be akin with treason and bribery. So when you say abuse of power and obstructing Congress, surely that's not treason. Because otherwise you would just say treason. Surely it's not bribery. They tried that. They poll tested it. But it's not bribery. There is no bribery. Or any similar offenses. And by that I don't necessarily mean criminal offenses because there wasn't a criminal code at the time. I mean offenses against the body politic and the civil society. So abuse of power, what does that mean? Obstructing Congress. Does it mean whatever the Democrats in the House say it means? But that's not what the Constitution says. The Constitution doesn't say in the impeachment clause, impeachment is whatever the House of Representatives says it is. It has the language I just cited to you. That's the language in the Constitution. That's the problem with these broad phrases like abuse of power and obstructing Congress. They mean nothing, and they mean everything. And based on our history with various presidents, they're absolutely incomprehensible. I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago... Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God, 
because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. It's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. Abuse of power. Tapping telephones. FDR, JFK, LBJ. Abusing the IRS. FDR, JFK, LBJ, and others. Imprisoning opponents. Adams, Lincoln, Wilson. Abusing budget authority. Biggest one that comes to mind is Jefferson and Louisiana Purchase. FDR, Len Lease. Right? What about obstructing Congress? Virtually every president has obstructed Congress, according to these Democrats. Asserting privileges. Right? Separation of powers. Virtually every president. But this president's been impeached for it. Quite amazing. Taping phone calls. Using the IRS. Prison, imprisoning opponents. Abusing budget authority. And Overriding congressional legislation. DACA. Obstructing Congress. Asserting a privilege, separation of powers. Is there a president in the United States then who hasn't obstructed Congress? Anyone? Name one. Mr. Callscreener, let's leave one line open for a liberal and or Democrat to answer these questions. And they could be a member of the House of Representatives or a member of the Senate if they like. We need a definition of abuse of power and obstructing Congress. Where does the definition come from? What's the historical basis for it? We need to know if that phrase, if those definitions apply to Trump, why they didn't apply to all the other presidents, including iconic Democrat presidents. And if obstructing Congress means not challenging subpoenas or demands for staffers who are close to the President of the United States, then there's not a single President who hasn't obstructed Congress. Obstructing Congress, that's the definition of impeachment, and that is an attack on the equality of the branches. A direct attack on the equality of the branches. Now, these floor managers, a.k.a. Uh, corrupt prosecutors that the Democrats sent over, they don't care about any of this. They could care less. We have a phone call. Folks, let me, let, let me put it to you this way. If that phone call had the President of the United States doing and saying... 
what these house managers said he did and said. You'd only need the transcript. You wouldn't need anything else. That would be the smoking gun. The transcript would be the smoking gun. At a second tier level, you'd have a killer witness. Presumably the person on the other end of the phone. But you'd have at least one killer witness who would have been brought before Schiff, who didn't have to rely on senators and McConnell and the rule, had his own rules. He was the Stalin of the House Intelligence Committee. He didn't need anybody's permission. He was in charge. He didn't have that witness. Now his excuse, well, we'd have to go to court. Well, guess what? That's always the case. But he had the House of Representatives vote on impeachment. Not a single Republican, all Democrats but one, voted for it. Based on the record that they accumulated. And so we have a right to know who's the great witness and where's the smoking gun document. There aren't any. That's why they need 24 hours and three days. They really need five minutes. You see, there's no blue dress with DNA on it. None. There's nothing. So we got to find the, the witnesses who they know they're never going to get. They got to keep throwing their names around like, like they're the ones that are going to make the difference. They got to be talking about the Senate, which they know is going to repudiate them at some point. Involved in a cover up, an obstruction. And they're not impartial, like, of course, Nadler and Schiff and the boys and girls. That's their position. But it should fail. Do we have a liberal or a Democrat, Mr. Producer? We have Mike in Maryland. We'll take Mike in Maryland, the great WMAL, who is a serial talk radio caller. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, Mark. You know, my liberal friends, whenever I bring up FDR or JFK, uh, they could care less. But your liberal friends are irrelevant. Yeah, my liberal friends could care less about these historical analogies. They say... They call it whataboutism. You know, all you're saying is what about Clinton or what about... I see, I see. So where does this whataboutism end? In other words, does it end or begin with the Constitution? Don't they keep waving the Constitution around? Well, if the rule of law... Hold on now, hold on now. This whataboutism, what they mean is we're going to dismiss history. We're going to dismiss context. We're going to dismiss experience and the world begins today. And so they give it a word, whataboutism. It's called rational thinking. Absolutely, Mark. It, they, yeah, history started uh, January 20th, 2017. And they... Uh, no, no, no. History starts with their contemporary thought process. Like today. True. But if the rule of law means anything... Yeah, well, you have to dismiss what about is on the rule of law is, you know, means that 
A hundred years ago. Whataboutism. Do you have a Bible? Yes. That's whataboutism. That's right. A history book is whataboutism. Your ancestors, whataboutism. How stupid. I've heard this phrase, too. Oh, you know, whataboutism, that's not an argument. Sure, it's an argument. It provides a basis for thought. History is one stepping stone built on top of another. Go ahead. I absolutely agree, Mark. The rule of law means the law applied then, it applies now. Over time, the rule of law must mean something depending on – it doesn't matter what party you're in. So, 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 But you make a good point, and so my point would be if abuse of power is the standard, then why didn't these same people in the House – demand the impeachment of Barack Obama for Fast and Furious. Why didn't they demand the impeachment of Barack Obama when he subverted the role of the Congress, the legislature, and imposed DACA? Why didn't they demand the impeachment, the Democrats, back when LBJ was using the IRS and the CIA and the FBI, and JFK was using the IRS and the FBI, and FDR in his internment camps, and FDR with the IRS and so forth and so on, because they're making it up as they go along. That's why they condemn whataboutism. They reject logic and standards. Right now, we have no standards for impeachment as a result of what these people have done in the House of Representatives. We have none. Anyway, find new friends. That's my advice to you. May I say that to you, my friend? Thank you, Mark. All right. You're welcome. I know he's in Maryland. He's surrounded. But if people irritate me, they're not my friends. You know what I mean, Mr. Producer? Maybe they're acquaintances, they're strangers, they're annoyances. They're definitely not my friends. I don't want to be around. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. As the new year begins, Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty to freedom. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the rest of the country. Happy New Year from Hillsdale College. And to learn more... Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, another mic. Washington, D.C., WMEL. Go ahead. Hey, Mark. I was wondering if you could uh, expound on how previous... uh, Previous cases such as Mears and such as uh, Fast and Furious have limited what um, executive privilege is. I think the whole impeachment is a sham. I'm just curious your opinion on it. 
it's funny. The courts take it one example after another. They don't have a hard and fast rule. They have general rules. And you have the, you know, the Nixon case, but you actually have George Washington. Not a case per se, but a battle that took place. So the court's going to look at a lot of things. What is the purpose of the assertion? What is it that the Congress is trying to do? Whether they're operating out of the box? So it's fact-driven. So when you say a president has obstructed Congress, and you don't even list the specific subpoenas in which you're making that assertion, or the specific individuals, you just list every single one of them. That's when it becomes specious. Because now you're attacking the whole, the whole premise of separation of powers and executive privilege. So when, so I know Nadler said that uh, Trump just blanket said, we're not going to respond to all subpoenas. Trump didn't just blanket say it, he went to court. That was see, see that's, that's the difference. He went to court. And by going to court, he's essentially asking them to adjudicate that, and they don't have the, the Democrats don't have the time before the election to do that. Well, that's their problem. The Constitution doesn't say uh, that we have to meet a schedule for an election uh, for the Democrats. So by this that is extension, a, the, Re- the Republicans. This, 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 is, this, this is a serious matter that requires attention. So by extension, the Republicans could have taken the same line had they had a spine with Obama and said, all right, we're going to impeach you because you're claiming, claiming object, um, executive privilege. And rather No, they, uh, they didn't have to impeach him for that at all. They didn't even need many subpoenas, I would argue, if, if this is the standard. We know, as a matter of fact, that DACA wasn't passed by Congress, was it? No. We know, as a matter of fact, under Fast and Furious, they funded the drug cartels south of the border, didn't they? Exactly, we know it. So they don't even really need subpoenas, do they? They already got it through congressional testimony. Understood. See, see, this is a fishing expedition. The president's right when he uses that phrase. They have a, an, an impeachment in place, and now they're looking for more reasons to buttress it while claiming, ridiculously, that it's a slam-dunk case. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate everything, and uh, you continue fighting the good fight. All right, my brother. Thanks for your call. A third Mike? Mike in Canada. How are you, Mike? Hey, Mark. How's it going? All right. Thank you. All right. Um, so I called because I want to argue. Um, I'm gonna tr- I watched your uh, show on uh, um, Levin TV where you made the case. You stood up and made the case for Let me. Let's, let's hold on to Mike. Uh, we, how much time do I have, Mr. Producer? I didn't hear you. Senator Cruz, welcome. You have four minutes. Go, baby. Mark, my friend, how are you doing? Yeah, we're just wrapping up the dinner break, getting ready to, to get back into hour 28 of the impeachment <laughs> trial. Uh, it, well, it, it must it, be a compelling case. I mean, uh, I don't know about you. I've litigated. It's never taken me 24 hours to explain a damn thing. Well, and, and, and there's a reason it's taken them this long, is they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. They have about six video clips that they play one after the other after the other, um, and, and they're not proving their case. But, but, but I do think tonight has been particularly significant, but I, because I think what we saw today is House Democrats, perhaps inadvertently, but throwing Joe Biden under the bus. And the reason is that they, they doubled down on a strategic mistake they made yesterday. And the mistake they made yesterday is they built their case on the proposition that any investigation into Burisma 
the Ukraine natural gas company on whose board Hunter Biden sat, that their whole case is based on the proposition any investigation into Burisma is a sham, is bogus, is completely fraudulent. Today they spent over an hour arguing that any investigation into Burisma is baseless. And the consequence of that is, number one, even as in the tank for the Democrats as the mainstream media has been, Today's argument forces them to talk about Burisma and, and the substantial evidence of corruption. But number two, it naturally sets the stage for President Trump's lawyers to come back with the very significant evidence. Hunter Biden was getting paid a million dollars a year to sit on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company. He didn't know anything about, about natural gas. And he was getting that money because his daddy was vice president. And, and, and I think Hunter Biden has gone from not merely being relevant, but now critical to the substantive defense of the president. Can I ask you another question? And I hope we don't run out of time. Related to what you just said, this opening the door. Yeah. I heard Schiff go on and on and others that, without evidence, by the way, that the president of the United States left our ally Ukraine defenseless while bullets were flying and Ukrainians were dying as a result of the Russian invasion and occupation. And they were using that to buttress their argument. <clears throat> Excuse yep. me. And I'm thinking to myself, who was the point man for Ukraine under Obama? That would be Vice President Biden. And, and uh, how much money got to Ukraine, or how many uh, offensive mil- military armaments got to Ukraine while he was the point man? Uh, in terms of, of lethal military aid, zero. And, and the entire Obama administration, Obama and Biden, wouldn't give Ukraine a penny. And I publicly called on, on the Obama administration to give lethal aid to Ukraine. A number of others publicly called on them to do it. They wouldn't give a penny. They would give blankets. They'd give MREs. But the Trump administration has given javelin missiles, which can take out Russian tanks. And so every time the, the Democratic managers go on, about, about needing to save Ukrainian lives from Russian aggression. So I guess under that reasoning, we should have impeached Obama, because on any measure, javelins are a lot more effective for taking out tanks than our blankets at MREs. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I think the vast majority of the people aren't even paying attention to this anymore. And uh, I have this question, it's rhetorical, Senator Cruz, as you leave. Where's the smoking gun document? And where's the smoking gun witness? They controlled the whole process. Where the hell are they? They don't exist. They don't exist. I'll tell you, every night I'm recording a podcast. Hold on. We're going to hold you. We're going to see if we can hold you over. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I believe Senator Cruz is still there, correct? Uh, I am here, Mark. All right, a couple of quick questions. When you got to go, you know, go. We can't afford not to have you in there, that's for sure. But by the way, you can send a liberal Democrat out and then lock the doors. But anyway, a couple of questions for you. 
sure. Where where is the smoking gun? Where is the the uh, the the damning witness? I mean, the House voted. They're not voting prospectively yeah. on some future witness or future. And then my next question, if I may, pile on. What does abuse of power mean? It means doing anything the Democrats disagree with. And, and, and at the end of the day, what we've seen here, they hate Donald Trump's politics and they hate his policies. And, and this was a purely partisan impeachment. It's going to be failed. It's going to fail because they haven't proved high crimes or misdemeanors. They haven't met the constitutional standard. And so at the end of this, Trump will be acquitted. But they've spent almost all of their time trying to prove two propositions. Number one, that Trump temporarily delayed military aid to Ukraine. Everyone agrees that that happened. And and that was done. That's been done before. Presidents have the authority to do that. Ironically enough, somebody who did that, who threatened to do that, was Joe Biden, who told Ukraine he would hold up a billion dollars in foreign aid, foreign loan guarantees, unless they fired the prosecutor that was threatening Burisma, the company his son sat on the board, was making a million bucks a year to. The other big proposition that, that, that they devoted their time to proving is that Trump wanted an investigation into Burisma. Well, that ain't complicated to prove because the president has said that on national television over and over and over again. Yes, he wanted an investigation into Burisma. Now, ironically, once again, so if, if their claim is it is impeachable to seek an investigation into your political opponent, well, you know what? The Democrats did that. The Obama administration launched an investigation into Donald Trump based on lies and malfeasance at the FBI and DOJ. But but this is the worst case of Freudian projection I've ever seen, where everything they accuse Trump of doing, the Democrats have done and have done in circumstances that raise far more specter of corruption. You know, that's brilliantly put. It is a little perplexing, Senator, when you hear... Schiff and the other Democrats say, we have to remove him because if he wins again, it's a sham election. So are they not admitting that their entire purpose is to interfere with the 2020 election? This president has been investigated and investigated and investigated. Nobody's investigating Joe Biden. Yep. And so so this entire process is interfering with the 2020 election. They're trying to overturn two elections at once. Number one, they want to overturn the 2016 election. They want to take out the democratically elected president of the United States because they're mad at the voters for electing him. But number two, they're trying to take take Trump off the ballot for 2020 because they think if he's on the ballot, if the American people are choosing, they can't win. And, and, you know, one of the things I was mentioning to you a few minutes ago is that I have launched a podcast every night after this trial. At 2, 3 in the morning, whenever it ends, I'm going and recording a podcast immediately afterward just talking about, here's what happened. Here are the legal issues. Here's the substance. The podcast is Verdict with Ted Cruz, and we're putting it out every night during the impeachment trial. Verdict with Ted Cruz. You can subscribe on all the different podcast applications on Apple. and all. You, you, all you understand you're at the right place to be promoting that, right? I, well, it wasn't accidental that I called in, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> But and, and also, I know I know the, the the good people that listen to you each night, Mark, are looking for real substance. They're not looking for, you know, just the three minutes of screaming that happens right. on on cable TV. But actually, getting into the constitutional issues, getting into the what actually is going on, 
you do that every night. I think we need a lot more engaging on the issues and substance that matter. And let me say also, I very much hope when the president's lawyers take the stage for their opening argument that they focus principally on the substance, not on all the process arguments that consume the first day, but the substance of laying out why the president is factually innocent, why a president has not only the authority, but the responsibility to investigate corruption and lay out the overwhelming, at least, facial case for corruption in Burisma that, that, that supported and, and indeed made, made a necessity of investigating. Is it, is it your sense that the so-called uh, people, Republicans on the fence, you know, a handful of them are still on the fence, or you don't know, in terms of witnesses? You know, witnesses is still an open question. We'll vote next week, uh, and, and it's really a fork in the road. If, if 51 senators vote that we don't need any additional witnesses, and the trial will end next week. We'll, we'll move to final judgment, and the president will be acquitted. Uh, alternatively, if 51 senators vote we do need witnesses, uh, then this thing could be prolonged weeks or even months. Uh, we know all 47 Democrats are going to vote, yes, we need additional witnesses. The question is, will four Republicans join them? I don't know the answer to that. It's going to be close. I don't know the answer to it. What I've been arguing is if we go down the road of witnesses, the Senate can't do what the House did, which is a partisan one-sided show trial, that if we do go down the road of witnesses, it's got to be fair. I've been advocating for reciprocity, meaning if the prosecution gets a witness, the defense should get a witness. So if the Senate, if there are 51 senators who want to hear from John Bolton, and we need to hear from Hunter Biden as well. And, and I feel quite confident that if we take that road, and I don't know if the Senate will take it or not, that it will be done evenly respecting due process. But let me, let me ask you about that. Let's say they want Bolton and you want Hunter, and I got yep. that. The president can still assert executive privilege, and there's no privilege for Hunter Biden, even if they had the power to issue it. So they lose. You well, get and- Biden, and they don't get Bolton. Uh, that could easily happen. And if you say, if we go down the road of the Senate subpoenaing John Bolton, there will almost surely be litigation over executive privilege. That litigation could take weeks or months. Uh, and you're right. The result could be that Bolton never testifies. Now, interestingly enough, with Hunter Biden, if we subpoena Hunter Biden, he will almost assuredly come forward and plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. A federal statute gives the Senate the authority to grant Hunter Biden transactional immunity, immunity, right? which means that we could force him to testify and get to the bottom of, look, the real question in this is, was his daddy corrupt? Was his daddy making decisions in his official role as vice president and the point person for, for Ukraine policy for the Obama administration? Was he making decisions to enrich his own family? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing That's to me what, where the Democrats not material. Well, why do they keep bringing it up then if it's not material? Well, you know, one of the funniest things that they had is, in their talking points today, they said, we heard 17 witnesses and did not hear any testimony about Joe Biden's corruption with, with Burisma. Well, that's because they excluded all of the defense witnesses. They didn't let them, they only put prosecution witnesses on. So when, when the House Republicans tried to call Hunter Biden, they said, no, 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 we won't hear from those witnesses. But then they claim as an affirmative point, well, gosh, none of the witnesses testified about it. 
Senator, I know the media is celebratory here. They think that this is a fantastic job. You and I are lawyers. We've been around the block a few times. They're just endlessly giving closing arguments based on nothing. And so my question to you is this. Do you feel that they're getting to any of the Republican colleagues of yours that they're saying, well, well, that's kind of interesting and so forth and so on? On the merits, no. And I will say I'm going to have to pull out after this question. It looks like we're, we're going in to sit down. On the merits, no. Um, listen, I think Adam Schiff is, is a talented trial lawyer. He's had some good moments. I think being redundant and pounding, pounding the senators over the head with it, if, if anything, has turned, turned senators off. Um, and they haven't proven their case. They, 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 they're, proving, they're proving propositions that everyone agrees with. Everyone agrees that the president wanted an investigation into Burisma and whether there was corruption. They spent 10 hours trying to prove that proposition. What they haven't proven is that a president, it's unconstitutional and illegal for a president to investigate corruption. Mm -hmm. All right, Senator, I know you're running in there. Good luck and have a good snooze. Take care. God bless. All right. God bless. We'll be right back. I'll be on Hannity tonight. Let's go ahead and post that, Mr. Producer. I failed to mention that. I'll be on Hannity tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which makes that 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. I have to tell that for the libs. They get a little confused. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. I will be on Hannity. I hope you will watch. I think one of the things I'm going to focus on is what I've been talking about tonight. But, of course, I have to truncate it and... And that includes who's interfering with the election in 2020. You know, when you read what the president said to the president of Ukraine in that transcript, he didn't say to interfere with the election in 2020. He was wondering about public reports that indicated, certainly suggested, corruption on the part of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. For all the president knew was that they were false. Why is it assumed that that's interfering with the election? That is, why does it assume that they were guilty? Meanwhile, this entire enterprise, trying to impeach the president since before he was inaugurated, had the intention of delegitimizing the 2016 vote and disenfranchising 63 million people. But going forward, as I and Senator Cruz discussed, Interfering in the 2020 election. They want to remove Donald Trump as the Republican nominee for President of the United States in the 2020 election. That's what they want to do. And they said so. They want to stop him. It is they who are interfering with the 2020 election. Now, the House of Representatives voted on a set of facts and a set of arguments and a set of findings. Presumably, we know it was a joke, but presumably. That's what they have to take to the Senate. You can't have prospective impeachments where you bring in, in my view, witnesses out of left field. They know they're not getting John Bolton or Mulvaney or any of them under the separation of powers doctrine. But they want to be able to say 
that the majority Republicans in the Senate obstructed, undermined, derailed. Why? For the 2020 election. They want to take the Senate. You got to get rid of these bums, you see. So they want to interfere in the 2020 election. They want to remove Trump. They want to remove the president as the Republican nominee. They've said so. What else do they want to do? They want to smear the Senate, the Senate majority, in order to take it over. Right? You follow me, Mr. Producer? You agree? In order to take over the Senate. This is their plan. And this is why they're having votes, or did, on these ridiculous amendments. Look at this. We got to replace the Senate majority. Must replace the Senate majority. They're in a cover-up mode, right? This is the greatest abuse of the House and the Senate and our finances. All our tax dollars going in this. I think in American history, certainly modern American history. So I challenge abuse of power. I challenge the House managers. I challenge Schumer and the Democrats in the Senate and the other Democrats in the House. I challenge the Democrats who appear on cable TV. I challenge all of them to define for the country what abuse of power means, what the standard is, and how it's to be applied. And why it wasn't applied, if that is a standard, to past presidents who've done some pretty damn outrageous things, including modern Democrat presidents, including Barack Obama. I want the Democrat House managers and the Democrats in the House and the Senate and those on television parading around as hosts and reporters, or just parading around if you get my drift. I want them to explain to us if obstruction of Congress If obstruction of Congress is a charge that is to be leveled against a president who chooses to defend his office, defend the separation of powers, and to go to court, then why didn't the Democrats accuse the same of Barack Obama? I'm fast and furious when he withheld documents. Because under this theory, George Washington should have been impeached. That's how absurd this is. And so the issue isn't what's not required, my friends at National Review. The issue is what is. And if you have a standardless platitude, like abuse of power, more is required. And that's the problem that the House Democrats are having. They don't have any more. And so they're spending hours upon hours upon hours of trying to nail together an argument. As I said the other day, they're making arguments. They're making opinions. They're putting out conspiracy theories and all the rest. Where's the smoking gun witness? Where's the smoking gun document? They don't exist. The president released the phone call. The transcript, they barely even reference it. 
because it doesn't say what they, they want it to say or what they say it says. If any Republican, any Republican in the United States Senate votes for quote-unquote more witnesses, they're not following the American constitutional model. They're following the Stalinist tyrannical model. That is, we've impeached this man. Now we need to find a case for it. But what I mean is a prospective impeachment. He was impeached for the reasons that they laid out, as outrageous and illegitimate as they are. You don't now find more reasons to impeach a president. The House impeached the president. They're stuck with whatever the House did. There is no more evidence. There are no more witnesses. Presumably, if there was, they would have called them or secured them. Man, we were running out of time. No, they weren't. They're doing exactly what they wanted to do. The reason that they're fighting like this in the Senate is because they have the House and now they want to take over the Senate. I'll be right back. Republicans don't like him, but America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. All right. So they're interfering with the 2020 election. They know Donald Trump is the uh, Republican nominee, or will be. So they want to remove him from office. They said so. They said they they keep talking about the 2020 election, and if Trump wins, they tell us they're not going to accept his victory. It's illegitimate. It's a sham. Imagine that. They're doing great, great destruction to our society. Great destruction. Simply safe home security is like getting commercial grade, enterprise level security, but for your own home. Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately, and this is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm system. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. You can set up your system yourself with no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And you can, it only costs 50 cents a day with no contracts. 50 cents a day, no contracts. So go to simplysafemark.com right now to get free shipping on your order, plus a 60 day money back. Guarantee. Free shipping plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafemark.com to save on home security today. Simplysafemark.com. All right, Mr. Producer, let's go back to Mike. Is he still with us? Mike, in Canada. Go right ahead. I'm right here, Mark. How are you? I'm all right. All right, good. Okay, here's, here's what I wanted to say. And I'm a bit nervous saying this because I've never been a lawyer, but um, after listening to what 
uh, Alan Dershowitz and Ted Cruz and yourself and many other people have said, I think this, the, the best case for this whole Trump thing is simply that everyone believes that um, uh, that he was trying to go after Joe Biden because he wanted to, you know, gain favor for himself over election. But that's actually making a leap. In other words, if right. you have, yeah, because he didn't okay. say that. You're right. Okay. Okay. So let, uh, here's my here's my um, my case. Um, there's no crime here. So let's say I, I shot someone and you know I pulled the pistol and I shot someone. That is definitely a crime. And um, so there's no reason to argue a motive for that. I shot the guy. He's dead. That's the crime. But with with Trump is that they're trying to argue that um, he tried to get dirt on Biden and he withheld the aid. But the thing is, that's they're trying to they're trying to impeach him over what the motive is for those two things. In other words, they're not actually trying to go after him for those two things. In other, so I think that there's no way they can possibly prove. Um, that that was Trump's intention is to get dirt in quotes on Biden. And I think because of that, I'm actually, um, I guess I'll, I'll go back. I, I'm surprised that I'm not hearing this more often as right wing talking points. Um, like to me, it, it just seems so obvious that that's the, that's the best argument is simply that they're arguing over the motive and they can't figure it out. And there's no proof for it other than, you know, all these testimonies we've heard and Sunderland and, or Sunder, Sunder, whatever his name is, etc. Just wanted to say that. So what's your killer point? My killer point is that they're trying to argue over a motive instead of the actual crime. There's no crime here. They're mm-hmm. trying to argue and, you know, connect the dots. And when I, when I keep hearing these talking points from left-wing people, because I argue with them all the time, they keep saying, can't you see it? It's so obvious. You've got to connect the dots. But the thing is, connecting the dots in itself is the reason why this is not an impeachable It's actually offense. a very, very good point. It's a very yeah. good point, because when you read the language, or you read the transcript, there's nothing about campaigns, interfering with campaigns, getting Biden. And what's interesting also about this, Mike, is the president had no reason to expect that his phone call transcript would ever be released. So he may have thought he could say the worst things in the world, or maybe he could have, and, never, and nobody would never know about it. So, in other words... It underscores your point, which is he didn't say any of these things, even though he had every reason to believe if he did, it would never be known. Yeah. Get my point? Sorry, go ahead. You get my point? Oh, I totally get your point, for sure. Um, um, Before you hang up the call, because I'm the third mic, maybe third time's a charm, is it okay if I talk about the clock behind your left shoulder? Sure. Okay, I figured out the mystery. It's actually not a clock. It's actually a calendar. The hour hand shows the month. And the now he's talking shows- about the Levin TV uh, uh, studio. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I thought you were in the studio, like the bunker or whatever. But, um, yeah, the clock. I, I, I have to the- move around. I'm in multiple bunkers. <laughs> You're a very uh, versatile man. <laughs> yeah, so I figured out the mystery. It took me a while being a Levin TV subscriber that the clock behind your left shoulder is actually not a clock. It's a calendar. It shows the minute hand shows the month of the year with one to twelve, and the sorry hour hand, sorry, and the minute hand shows the day of the month. So that's all I want to say. Mike, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't have the foggiest idea. Yeah, that's true. I've it's never examined it that closely. I know. I've watched a lot of living TV. How, shows. how do you, how do you explain the fireplace? 
Uh, the fireplace is probably just like one of those um, gas things that just sort of has like a like a. Maybe oil. it's a fake fire. It could be. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. But the thing is, fake fire is a different thing. That clock is a mystery, and I bet you someone else is going to notice it. That's, That's a, funny. That, like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you ever noticed? And we probably don't do an angle shot so you can see it. There's a there's a relatively tall and wide mirror on the wall on the side where the pool table is. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen the mirror, but I've definitely seen the pool table, and the pool table always is racked very nicely, so it's almost like someone could pick up a cue and start playing right away. But and we can, and we do. And as a matter of you fact, do? yeah, we, I, I like playing pool. We actually oh, have a, 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 another pool table in another room that's used more. But let me say this. We have this mirror in the uh, studio, which used to hang over the Reagan fireplace in their living room in California for for decades. Wow. So when it came up for sale, we acquired it. Wow. I am learning a lot of Mark Levin history and I'm I'm actually fascinating, isn't it? Yes, for sure. Um I'm you know, I'm Canadian. I'll tell you I'll tell you something else. When I sit behind that desk, I wear khakis and sneakers. I notice the sneakers you wear white sneakers. That's correct. <laughs> You know what, Mike? Nobody cares about any of this. But I want to thank you. You're very, uh, you're intriguing to me. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, uh, let's let's say this. Let's say if I ever somehow make it into the United States and I, you know, shake your hand and get you to sign one of one of the books. I, I love to. What you have to do is head south of the border and sneak in. It's easier that way. Well, <laughs> okay. But I'll, I'd love to play you a game of pool. So I'll, um, thanks, Mark, and I'll let you uh, take on other colors or continue. All right. The show. God bless. What a nice guy. Mr. Producer, <clears throat> you get questions about the clock? I never knew. What did I know? I got to look at this clock now that's behind me. The, f- the fire's fake, by the way. It's a fake fire. I th- I'm going to upset people. That's what it is. Come summertime, we turn it off. We hit a couple buttons and the software kills it. All right, next caller, please. Jeff, the great WABC in New Jersey, uh, how are you? I'm fine, Mark. Thanks. I think it's actually New Jersey, but uh, that, yes, that's okay. Yes. You're from Philadelphia. I'll, of course. Uh, I'll, I'll let you slide. Thank you. For, first, let me say, Mark. But I've driven through New Jersey many times. Did you hold your nose all the way through? No. Actually, hey, Jersey. I have uh, in-law in, in-laws in New Jersey. Uh, we used to spend a lot of time in Atlantic City, as a matter of fact. Uh, when Atlantic City actually uh, wasn't going bankrupt? Yeah, yeah. It's actually a very nice place. There's a tremendous amount of green space and farmland in New Jersey. South Jersey. Yes. First of all, Mark, let me say that this is your time in history, and you have had an impact on this country beyond anything that you can possibly measure. Well, you're really kind, but I wonder why you say that. Why do I say that? I say that because... You are a voice that is so influential, and so many people, after you repeat things one or two or three times, begin to adopt your approach, your philosophy, your arguments, and then they repeat them. And your your echo chamber, I think, is deeper than anything you can imagine. Well, thank you. I do hear some of it, but I appreciate that. Well, let me tell you something. I, I am I am outside where you are. And I hear it among my friends and among other people, and, I, and I, I see it among other people who are on television and on radio. And after you say something once or twice and you make your incredibly cogent arguments, I can hear them repeated. And 
you know, I say to my daughter who's 18, who listens to you religiously and, and watches your, your show uh, on Sundays, we, we say to each other, uh, you know what, Levin said that a couple of days ago, and thank goodness it's being repeated. Well, thank you very, very much. Very welcome. The, the thanks are the other way around, but that, that's okay. Um, I, I called to, to say to you that one of the articles of impeachment that I'm really concerned about mm-hmm. is this obstruction of Congress, because mm-hmm. you take the word obstruct from the dictionary, and it means to block or get in the way of or to prevent or hinder. And, and if you follow what the Democrats do and, and the fact that they've stated repeatedly that if this doesn't work, they're going to continue to try to impeach, can obstruction of Congress begin to apply to simply a presidential veto, which gets in the way or hinders something of Congress? Isn't that interesting? I don't know where this is going to be perfectly honest with you, but it's not going in a nice place. And I want to reiterate something I said a few months ago, and I believe this the bottom of my heart. The Republicans must impeach the next Democrat president if they control the House. They must impeach the next Democrat president if they control the House to put an end to this. If the Republicans roll over, which they normally do, and they say, we're not like that, we're not going to be like them, and so forth and so on, they're missing the big picture. The Constitution is the big picture. You're dealing with a rogue party. You're dealing with a tyrannical group mindset celebrated and prodded by a tyrannical mindset in the media. And so the Republicans need to make it clear that they can effectively do the same thing. So while people are using the Constitution to destroy the Constitution, they must use their tactics of the left to save the Constitution. And I know this is controversial in some circles, but if you think it through, it shouldn't be controversial at all. Case in point. The independent counsel statute was being used against Republican presidents. It was a statute pushed through by the Democrats in the uh, mid to late 70s. Um, Carl Levin in the Senate, Barney Frank in the House. And then it was used against Bill Clinton in a very, very aggressive way by his own attorney general. But nonetheless, it was. And then they realized, you know what? They sued for peace and they let the law lapse. They never renewed. That's what has to happen here. You cannot allow a temporary small rogue majority in the House to drive an impeachment that has no standards, that has no basis in tradition or custom, and worse, they eviscerate tradition and custom when it comes to the legitimate processes that have been applied in the past. you got to kill this, and the way you kill it is to apply it against them. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. I mean, I think that the Republicans don't really understand that in terms of the protection and preservation of the Constitution and the rule of law, to use a, a football analogy, this is a goal line stance. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, we are at the precipice here, and you have to use their own tactics against them, and not just use them against them, but you have to use them against them twice as hard as they're using against them, as they're using against them against us. I mean, you really have to make them cry uncle. Mm-hmm. Otherwise... It, I mean, we're circling the drain. This is this is this is down the toilet if if we don't do that. Um, you know, when I when I first graduated college and I, I had my first job, I remember a, somebody I worked for, a manager of mine, said to me at one point, and I can't remember why. He said, "You know, he said I'm going to tell you something. Power and authority isn't given; it's taken, and that's exactly what the Democrats in Congress have done. 
mm-hmm. inch by inch by inch, they take more and more power and authority that doesn't belong to them. But if it goes unchallenged, then they can keep stepping forward. And, and I think that's what's been going on. And they have to be challenged. They have to be hit hard. You've been a terrific caller. I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. And I want to thank you. We'll be right back. Lovin. You'd pay off your IRS debt if you could, right? But you can't. You know, the money. Now you're asking this important question. Is this the day the IRS shows up at my work, garnishes my wages, seizes my bank accounts, takes my home? Gotta love that federal income tax, don't you? Let me suggest a way to end your IRS nightmare. Call Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, a powerful IRS program that could save you thousands if you qualify. In fact, Optima's resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for people like you. Get the peace of mind that comes when you have Optima on your side, standing between you and the IRS, fighting to help stop aggressive collection actions, and helping to protect your assets. But don't wait. Put your IRS worries to rest. Put them behind you. Call 800-499-6300 for the best and most aggressive team of experts you, can, you could hire. That's 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Now, I've got a list of clips here. Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler. Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff, Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer. God, Mr. Producer, people are eating their dinner. You really want me to play all these clips? How about this montage of CNN and MSNBC types slobbering all over Adam Schiff's speech? Remember, these are news people. Hat tip Grabian, cut eight, go. What did you think of the presentation by the lead house manager, Adam Schiff? I thought it was dazzling. By most accounts, it was It was, was a- dazzling. My God, he's unbelievable, Adam. I mean, yes, great. Go ahead. Virtuoso performance that drew praise from all sides yesterday. I thought this was the most compelling case for removal from office of this president I had heard in all these months because it was real and it was powerful. Now, of course, I've been calling for his impeachment forever. But now, my God. Adam Schiff is Churchillian, Reagan-esque, Kennedy-esque in the manner in which he's... Adam Schiff is a nerd and a puke. No, no, you don't understand. I've never, ever heard anything like this. It's unbelievable. And here's Adam Schiff. And the president. You know the president. Anyway, go ahead. He was speaking not just to the 100 people in the room. He was speaking to 100 years in the future. Is that Chuck Todd? No. Why does everyone sound like Chuck Todd? Go ahead. It's a speech that kids are going to be given in 2060. At <laughs> kids are going to be giving in 20 what? So kids are going to be reading about Adam Schiff and giving speeches like Adam Schiff. 
Are these people insane? Yes, they are. Absolutely moronic. They don't even realize how stupid they sound. Nobody even knows who Adam Schiff is. Ask the geniuses on Jeopardy. One of the 53 Congress people from California. Ding, ding, ding. They don't even know who it is. That's where he's going to wind up in history. In the toilet bowl. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Remember... 9.30 p.m. Eastern, I'll be on Hannity on Fox at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Notice the media trying to turn Adam Schiff into some kind of folk hero, Mr. Producer. They. Unbelievable. That's not really unbelievable. This is who they are. Lindsey Graham on Capitol Hill today. Cut 11, go. But as to the Bidens... I can promise you, no one has looked at whether or not there was a conflict of interest, and no one has taken the time to explain how Hunter Biden got rich in the Ukraine and his father didn't know anything about it. Nobody has looked at whether or not when the prosecutor was fired, the next prosecutor refused drop the case on Burisma. Somebody needs to look at it as much as I like Joe Biden. If it were Lindsey Graham or Mike Pence or Donald Trump, you would be looking. Is Joe Biden corrupt? Is Joe Biden no, I don't think Joe Biden's corrupt, but I don't think he's beyond being looked at. Here's what I would say. How many members of the body, children, are on foreign boards receiving this kind of money? I mean, if you look at the money they took from Burisma, Kerry's stepson, Hunter Biden, they gave donations to, uh, to a fund in Delaware on behalf of Bo. I love Joe Biden, but I can tell you, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and just watch the Trumps be looked at. I didn't ask for this. I will tell you that Joe Biden's one of the finest men I know but he's got to explain this. Somebody needs to look at this. How did Hunter Biden get a billion and a half dollars to invest when he'd been in business for 60 days from China? Hmm. Not allowed to look. Not allowed to know. It's not the time or the place, and there's never a time or place. Elise Stefanik, who we like very much on this program. You remember her? Young lady from New York, congresswoman who really was excellent. Uh, in questioning witnesses in the House Intelligence Committee. Cut 12, go. As we saw yesterday, this is the weakest case for impeachment in the history of this country. Uh, we continue to see how flimsy this case is, which is why there was bipartisan opposition in the House. There was bipartisan no votes when it comes to impeachment. Uh, I anticipate that we will continue to hear lies and half-truths from Adam Schiff today. Uh, he also doesn't include important testimony that every single witness testified that he or she had no direct evidence of impeachable offenses, high crimes, misdemeanors, treason or bribery. 
So Adam Schiff and his team can continue to speak for hours to the American public. Certainly in my district, they're tuning this out. They want us to get back on behalf of the American people and get back to work. And they want to work this out in the election. The American people have a right to decide at the ballot box. Yeah. But Adam Schiff said the American people can't decide this. It's too dangerous. He's going to decide it. And MSLSD and the Constipated News Network were very excited by that. Mark Meadows on Fox today. Cut 13, go. We need to make sure that the American people understand two things. Everything that the House impeachment managers are going to say today is going to be based on second and third hand knowledge. There's no first hand witnesses. You know why? Because those first hand uh, witnesses actually have exonerated the president of the United States. So we're going to continue to hear a- allegations of cover up. The only cover up that I've seen is actually Adam Schiff and his team's cover up on their court. Coordination with a whistleblower. There's not a dime's worth of difference, as you know, between the media and the Democrat Party. They just decide what profession they want to get into. They're all Democrats. They just say, hey, I have an idea. Let's be a reporter and pretend we're not Democrats. But they move almost seamlessly between politics and journalism and back. It's really appalling. By the way, Jim Jones is scheduled to be on at the bottom of the hour. Jim Jordan. Jim Jones, he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> I have comments, but I'm not going to make them here. <laughs> no. Uh, Jim Jordan will be here at the bottom of the hour, and that'll be a good thing. Why exactly is the president being impeached? Can we keep a line open again, Mr. Uh, call Screener? We need a liberal slash Democrat to tell us why exactly is the president being impeached. I want to know. I mean, beyond the platitudes, I want to know. Michael, Saratoga, New York. XM Satellite, go. Hi, Mr. Levin. Actually, it's uh, Saratoga, Wyoming. Oh, a smaller town, but up in the Rockies, it's beautiful. I bet it is. Um, I uh, I just wanted to um, actually add on to my co Michael earlier uh, from the Council of Mike. You realize you're the fourth in. Michael on the show today. I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. We all think alike too, because we're we're looking is... for Muhammad and Abdullah, but here we keep getting Michaels. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, try Medina or Mecca, Mike have better luck. Um, the, uh, the point the other Michael was making, I think, is exactly at the heart of, of what's been bugging me for a number of years, and that's uh, mens rea. Um, it and seems- tell everybody that's what? I'm sorry? The mindset, right? Mens rea? Uh, yeah, I believe it means guilty mind directly. So it's the, right. it's the motive. Um, it used to be a required part of law. When a law was written, it would be the crime would be the action as well as the motive, knowing that uh, you were committing a crime. So you couldn't mm-hmm. uh, be, say, uh, convicted of manslaughter if you didn't know that, uh, you know, you were, you were actually, well, you might be convicted of manslaughter. You couldn't be convicted of first-degree murder because 
uh, if you didn't know you were committing a crime, then uh, it wasn't premeditated. Um, with Hillary Clinton, uh, Mr. Comey, I won't say Director Comey because uh, I don't think he uh, deserves the title. But with uh, uh, Comey, he declared that she didn't do it uh, purposely, therefore no mens rea, therefore she didn't commit a crime. But the statute there is has nothing to do with uh, uh, specific intent. It was gross. It was gross, gross negligence. You're correct. Yeah. So, so, and that statute didn't have a mens rea component. So it didn't matter if it was negligence or not. She committed the crime. With Trump, they've done exactly the opposite, which is, well, we can't find a crime, but we're pretty sure he wanted to. So he's got a guilty mind. Therefore, he's guilty. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's all the, you know, the temper tantrum. Uh, we've got to have control back. So, you know, orange man, bad must go. Um, and it's, it's interesting to watch how the law has flipped on its head in all of this. And where is there evidence for this? Uh, there, well, that's the thing is there is none. The There's nothing. They have nothing plain to see that there is none. Yeah. I've read through the transcript and, and certainly he asked for, um, an investigation, but, as a president is supposed to do, he's got to be looking out for um, the uh, taxpayer money. And in this case, you don't just hand Let out... Let me ask you a question. Let, let's cut to the chase here. What if Joe Biden is corrupt? What if he was a corrupt vice president? And what if he is the nominee of the Democrat Party? And he's subject to blackmail and other corrupt tactics from foreign countries and so forth. Is this president supposed to pretend otherwise? I'm not saying he is. I'm saying when the, when the media say, well, you don't have any evidence for anything, we, we've heard this before when it came to FICE abuses and spies uh, sicked upon the Trump campaign. They, they denied all of it, the media, because they are who they are. That's why they're praising Adam Schiff. Right. But, 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 you're, but you're exactly right, which is why is the president supposed to ignore this? Because it's a Biden? Now, my point earlier with Senator Cruz was they, the Democrats, are using the Constitution, the House, and the Senate to interfere in the 2020 election because they don't want Trump to be the Republican nominee. They've said this. They've said he ought to be removed before the election, and if he wins, they're not going to accept the election as legitimate. So they are using the institutionalities of Congress. They're using the Constitution to interfere in the 2020 election. They have no evidence of any kind, as you say, mens rea, of course. They have none with respect to Trump trying to interfere in the 2020 election. The only thing they uh, use the Constitution for is lining bird cages. <coughs> it's something that they absolutely can use it to beat somebody over the head with. Uh, All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. in. You know, refinancing to consolidate debt is an attractive option for a variety of reasons. It makes debt payments more affordable, and oftentimes it can help with building your credit. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you can use interest rates to your benefit. When they're very, very high, you want to buy CDs and that sort of thing. When they're very, very low, 
You want to deal with your debt. Or you want to buy a home. Mortgage rates continue to remain low, making it worth your while to consider a mortgage refinance. And you can easily do so with help from my friends at American Finance. I recommend them because their mortgage consultants are only focused on your goals, so there's never any pressure. No upfront or hidden fees either. Now, I've been thinking about this. This is a wonderful sponsor. Some of you hear me talk about this. It goes in one ear and out the other. I really want you to think about this. If you handle your mortgage properly, if you respond to low interest rates properly, you can make money. You can leverage your debt. I don't mean in some irresponsible way. I mean you can reduce your monthly payments. So you need to look at it. You need to look at your situation. You need to look at your mortgage. You need to look at your rate. You need to know what's available out there. And American financing is the place to go. And they'll have some basic conversations and provide you with basic guidance. They know what they're doing. They've been around around 20 years. And they've been helping people just like you. Save up to $1,000 a month, sometimes more. Now, you don't have to restart your loan term all over again, meaning you're not paying interest on years you don't need. Not every lender can do that. you got to have the right lender, and I feel the right lender is American Finance. So make the 10-minute call. 10-minute call now. Get your free mortgage review. Here's the number. 888 1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Only one person talks faster than that, Mr. Producer. That would be Chris Matthews. Oh, yeah. Uh, But that guy's smarter. Chris Matthews is an idiot. Let's see here. Callers. Let me try some callers. Dave, Wheeling, West Virginia, XM Satellite, go. Nice to talk to you, Mark. You're a great American. It's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. One of our best our best family friends uh, live in near Morgantown, West Virginia. Beautiful area. Yeah, I'm about an hour away. Uh, I just wanted to make the point that what the Democrats are trying to do to the president is an attorney. You know that when you have a crime, you have a causation in the manner of the crime, mm-hmm. whether it be a homicide or an arson. And the Democrats don't have a causation of a crime here, but they're trying to convict the president on the manner. Well, that's a good way to put it. It's a very good way to put it. But tell me if you agree with me. If the president really was conspiring with the president of the Ukraine to get Biden, he had a funny way of saying it, didn't he? Absolutely. I don't believe that the president is culpable in any way. No. I mean, again, he didn't know that this call would be an issue. He didn't know that there was this CIA operative bouncing around. He didn't know that he would eventually release the phone call. And he releases the phone call. There's nothing in there about, you better do this or you don't get military aid. There's nothing in there about, I want you to interfere with the election. He doesn't even say, dig up dirt on the Bidens. He wants to know what the hell took place. That's it. He says nothing. All right, my friend. You take care. Say hello to our buddies in 
West Virginia. Teddy and Linda. Jim, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark. Yeah, you know, it's not just uh, it's it's not just the fact that uh, this mens rea thing that he's not guilty. I mean, he had 16 people on that call and he knew that he had 16 people on that call. So if he had some guilty conscience that he was committing a crime, you don't sit there and talk to 16 people about doing it. So it's another one. great Number point. Two, yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a question, Mark, and, and maybe you can help me out because I, I went over the rules. Now, there's 24 hours. I don't know why we agreed to give them 24 hours, but we gave them 24 hours. Then we get 24 hours. And then, Mark, there are 16, 16 hours of questioning. Now, how is that going to go? According to the rules, a senator writes a question out on a little three-by-five card, passes it to the chief justice, and the chief justice then ask the question. So my question is this. John Roberts is the Chief Justice. Is he going to pick and choose which questions to ask, what order to ask them? Is he going to what, – what happens if the, the, the witness or the person – I'm no expert on that. I'm sure they'll find out and tell us at some point. I'm guessing they go back and forth between the two parties, and I'm guessing each party decides the priority order. Okay. But I do have a concern about this. If they're not limited into the amount of time that they have to answer, you hear what windbags these guys are. They'll filibuster. Robert, you know, they'll take as long as they want on one or two or ten questions. Well, that's the problem. Is John Roberts going to control that? I mean, can we ask Adam Schiff? Well, but but John Roberts doesn't that. set the rules. He enforces them. He's the judge. So the question is, what is McConnell going to do? Is, is, that, is he going to enforce the rules? I have no John idea. Is going to enforce these rules? I, mean, I don't know. Questions. And here's the, here's the point. We can ask Adam Schiff, even if there's no witnesses called, Adam Schiff is sitting there in the well of the Senate. So Republican senators can ask the, you know, uh, Adam Schiff these specific questions. Mr. Schiff, when did you meet with the whistleblower? Did you ever? Well, it's already been said that some of the Republicans are thinking about using the question period as a way of treating Schiff as a quasi-witness. I actually think that's a good idea. Uh, there better not be a ruling from the Chief Justice that he can't do that, because then the Chief Justice is out of line. Well, you know what? John Roberts, this could get out of control. Really I'm no quick. fan of John Roberts. Yeah. Well, I, we need – the thing is, is Adam Schiff needs to be taken down. This guy is the most corrupt, <clears throat> evil person in, in my lifetime that I have seen. He is. He is. He is – when you look up the word demagogue in Webster's Dictionary, some of you young people may not know what that is, it has a picture of Adam Schiff. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, where the Reagan Coalition meets every day. Call now, 877-381-3811. Congressman Jim Jordan, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you doing? Well, you know, I, I have sleep apnea and I'm a bit of an insomniac, but I have to say uh, Adam Schiff has helped me greatly. And so now I'm thinking as an entrepreneur of doing videos of this and selling them to people who can't sleep. What do you think of there that? There you go. There you go. He can talk for, you know, two hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours, whatever it is. It doesn't change the facts. They're all on the president's side. and. Like you said, I think it 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 uh, it uh, 
causes some people to fall asleep. So, no, I'm I just agree. kidding. But, but, but let me. Yes. Congratulations. I mean, you're like radio, your TV, your books, everything. Wow. So thank you for what you're doing. It's it's great for the cause. And uh, we, uh, I mean, so many people I talk to are out and about around the our district and around the country. They really appreciate what you're doing. Well, Jim, the whole country appreciates you too, and thank you very much. I, I have a question, simple question, seriously. Where's the smoking gun here? I keep like they go on. You don't need 24 hours and three days to prove a case. Where's the yep. document and where's the witness? They don't have it. They never had. It's all built on assumptions, presumptions, and hearsay. You know that with your legal background. Um, they talk about quid pro quo, but I, I remember during a hearing when, when we asked, when was the announcement? When was the investigation? When was the promise of an investigation? In fact, when this was, was your line of, of questioning. You did this. Yeah, it's like, yeah but it, it, it never happened. And you know what's interesting, too, is the day after the call, think about this. The call happens on the 25th. The next day, there's a more than a dozen people on the call. Everyone thought the call was fine except one person, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. He goes and talks to the whistleblower at some point within 24 hours, and then the whistleblower writes a memo, goes and starts filing the complaint. Guess what also happened within 24 hours of the call? President Zelensky has a meeting with ambassadors. Volker, Taylor, and Sondland in Kiev. It was a pre-scheduled, it was a scheduled beforehand meeting, has a meeting. And guess what he says about the call? Call was great. Call was fine. We were laughing. I told him, you know, we're going to drain the swamp here in Ukraine like they did, like, like, like he's doing in the United States. No one had a problem except Colonel Venman goes to this whistleblower, and we get this crazy ordeal the Democrats have put our country through now four and a half months. That, that is how ridiculous this whole thing is. And there is no smoking gun. All the facts are on the president's side. What, uh, what is the standard for abuse of power? <laughs> Who the heck? Whatever. whatever what, I mean, it's, it's sort of a, I think, a paraphrase of the old, or, you know, I mean, not even a paraphrase. It's what. what uh, it's what Potter that, Stewart said about pornography. Yeah. I know it when I see it. Well, then this is pornography. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. abuse of. Listen, you got to have some kind of a, of a warning, a notice if you're a president. You can be impeached for abuse of power. And I. I look at past presidents who tap phones. I look at yeah. past presidents who use the IRS, who arrested journalists. Uh, yeah. uh, a lot of them were Democrats. You know, FDR, yeah. JFK, LBJ. So abuse of power, I'm just curious, what is the standard? Yeah, well, there is none. It's whatever Democrats, it's whatever majority of the House says, and that's kind of a scary thing. And the same thing goes for the, the con, you know, uh, contempt of Congress uh, uh, and, and, and uh, obstruction of Congress. Obstruction mm-hmm. of Congress? One of my colleagues said that that's what the founders called separation of powers. That's how ridiculous this is. So the the, the president's case is so strong on constitutional grounds. It is so strong on lack of due process grounds, arguing the fairness and process that that weren't that weren't given to the president, weren't given to the minority party either. And and it's so strong on 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 a factual basis. He can win on any three of those going away. But the Democrats don't care because I always say impeachment didn't start July 25th, 2019. Impeachment started July 31st, 2016, when they opened the Trump – before he was even president, when they opened mm-hmm. the Trump-Russia investigation, spied on four American citizens associated with the Trump campaign, lied to the FISA court 17 times. That's when it started, and, it, and, and the sad truth is with these guys, it's never going to stop because they, they're so out to get this president, and they're so out to get the 63 million of us who voted for him that they're never going to stop, and that's, that's the part that scares me the most. And now what they're doing in the Senate – is they're interfering with the 2020 election. All the talk mm-hmm. about the president interfering with the 2020 election. Jim Jordan, they're trying to prevent us from selecting Donald Trump as our nominee. Yep. Who's exactly interfering with doing. the 2020 election? They're interfering with the 2020 election. Yeah. 
The, the, it's no, you're so right, Mark. And and it's and it, remember back in the middle of this in the House back in November, uh, Nancy Pelosi was on CBS Face the Nation, and she said President Trump. She called him an imposter. That, think about it. The, the the Speaker of the House of Representatives calls the President of the United States an imposter. The guy again, the guy sixty three million of us voted for, who won an electoral college landslide. So they're, they're going to. That is their attitude, and the, the, the degree and the depth that they'll go to to stop this guy from winning and keeping him off the ballot and, and interfering in the 2020 election. Because the simple fact is they know they can't beat him. There is no way they got I – mean, I, I mean, I am so confident that that president's going to win. I think the only question is, is he going to win big? And if he wins big, which I think is very possible, I think we've got a chance to take back the House. So uh, that's what they're trying to do, and it's – I think the American people see it for what it is. Why is uh, Joe Biden immune from investigation? Maybe he is corrupt. Maybe he can be blackmailed. He wants to be president of the United States. He was the point man on Ukraine. His son had all kinds of dealings over there. I mean, what, yeah. what, is he the only American who's immune from investigation? That's what the Democrats want. Uh, I guess if you, you, know, you decide to run for office, somehow you're a high office, you're, 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 you develop some kind of immunity if you're a Democrat. Uh, the story that broke last night... The, the the individual whose name has been associated with uh, the whistleblower, we, you know, who knows if it is or not. But Laura Ingram broke the story where um, they were talking about the Barisma problem and the fact that the vice president's son at the time worked for this company way back in the Obama administration, and somehow that that was that was not a problem. You know, they're allowed to look, but, but didn't she but, say Ken Vogel had written an article and it was spiked or something? Yep, Ken Vogel. Ken Vogel wrote a number of articles that. The Democrats don't want to don't want to look at now that uh, they've uh, they've they've launched this whole Ukrainian impeachment uh, charade that they've done. Let me ask you a question: you, you you sit on these committees, you watch what's going on here, you see what's going on in the Senate, you see the injustice of it, you see the mm-hmm. demagoguery, you worry about the future of the country. And I'm asking because a lot of people feel this way. How do you stay upbeat? Well, because you, you think about the folks you, that I get the privilege of representing. You think about the, the, the hardworking families across this country who love this nation, who, who, who think about the verse of Scripture, fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith, who got that kind of American attitude. You, you think about them, and, and look, they gave me a privilege to, to go fight for them and their family and their community and their, their, their company in, in Congress. So, and then you think about what's happened. So it was just a few years ago that that uh, the IRS targeted people like you and me and all the folks who listen to your program, and and then uh, uh, more recently was what the FBI did, and and now now what what the Democrats have done is they've weaponized the impeachment power of Congress to go after the president who's draining the swamp. I mean, so that's how dangerous this is. So some people ask me, like, why do you get so fired up? Sometimes, like, look what they're doing, look what they're doing. That is scary, and. The, 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 and with, with President Trump, I said this the other day, you start draining the swamp, the swamp fights back. And that's what we've been seeing since the get-go, since he was, uh, like I said, before he was even elected. But um, this is the best place going. It still is, and it's our job to make sure it stays the best place in the greatest country ever. Now, you said something earlier. There's a dozen people or so listening in on this phone call. And the president knows people are listening in on the phone call. Yeah. So he's going to complete an act of impeachment while 12 people are listening in on the phone call? The, the, I mean, the Democrats project, none of this makes any sense, as a matter of fact. It, do, it doesn't. They never expected. 
Here's the thing that they miscalculated on. Well, they, they, I think they miscalculated a lot of things. But, but the biggest ones, they never expected the president to release the transcript. This president, because you, you don't want to be doing that. You're talking with a foreign head of state. You don't, you don't want to be just like releasing transcripts. How, how are you going to talk in, in a candid fashion with, right. with heads of state from, from, with our allies and other countries? So, but this president did it. And once he saw the transcript, he's like, whoa, what's wrong with this call? They, then they try to change his words in the transcript and everything else. So they, they, that was their biggest miscalculation. The other thing was on September 24th, the day before the call, when Nancy Pelosi announced that they were going to do the investigation, she hadn't even seen the transcript yet. When she announced that they were going to do the investigation, she never expected. She never ex- – conventional wisdom was such that she never expected that every Republican would vote against it in the House, vote against the Articles of Impeachment. She never expected one Democrat to vote with us, another Democrat to vote president, and a third Democrat to vote with us and then switch parties. She never expected all that. So they've miscalculated. She didn't – I don't think she, she realized what she was doing when she held the articles up for a month. I think she was just hoping for something to, to, to change in their direction. But it sure hasn't because they don't have a case. They don't have the facts. Now, these so-called moderates, of which there are none really on the Democrat side, but they won in these Trump districts and so forth. How do you think they're going to fare in the next election? The uh, it was it was funny yesterday when some of the uh, some of the mainstream press said that Schiff's performance was disciplined and dazzling and all this all these you know big 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 words and big adjectives. Um, and I, I was reminded of, of a line that President Reagan had. He said, it's not the reviews that count. It's what happens at the box office. <laughs> and I think, at the, I think at the box office this November, uh, the American people are going to show up, and it is going to be big for President Trump. And like I said, if it's big for President Trump, in particular those 31 districts that Democrats are in that President Trump carried in 2016 – in those districts, I think we're going to elect a lot of Republicans, and I think there's going to be a good chance we take back the majority in the Congress. But the, the impeachment clause of the Constitution will have been severely damaged, whatever the outcome of this, because now it's yeah. been used in, a, in an unprecedented way. Uh-huh. And my concern, Congressman, is this. You remember the Independent Council statute? You remember when both Republicans and Democrats got together and they let it lapse. The Democrats, Carl Levin in the Senate, Bernie Frank in the House, thought they had a grand weapon to use against Republicans. Turns out it was used mostly against Clinton. Mm -hmm. So both parties agreed that it would lapse because both parties paid a penalty. If only one party pays a penalty when impeachment is, is rewritten in the Constitution this way from treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors to abuse of power and obstructing Congress, yeah. then that one party is going to keep doing it. And so yeah. I, I really feel, and, and maybe you're not really in a position to, to agree with me here, but I really feel that at least this has to be threatened against the next Democrat president if we have the House, or this is their permanent weapon. Yeah, and, it, and I, I, fear, I fear just like you do, Mark. The, um, understand what, 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 what Adam Schiff also did. Uh, at the end of this impeachment investigation in the House, he released the phone records of the President of the United States' personal attorney. He released the phone records of a member of the press. He released the phone records of a Republican member of Congress. All, all is, is his, his effort to go after this president. I mean, he, the, the stuff that j- just should not happen, but he did it because they are so determined to get this president. And that is a dangerous place to take the country and a very dangerous, as you point out, a very dangerous precedent to set for future Congresses uh, and future presidents. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Congressman. It's always a pleasure to have you. And yeah. your uh, edification is terrific. Jim Jordan, we love you. God bless you, sir. You too, brother. Thanks. Be well. That man is a real patriot, and he is smart as hell. And he's tough as hell, because they tried to take him out a couple years ago, too, you'll recall. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. the other thing, folks. Schiff, Nadler, the rest, they didn't write what they're reading. It was written for them. Wouldn't you like to know who wrote these things, Mr. Producer? Who are the invisible hands behind these people? Who wrote Adam Schiff's comments? Who wrote Jerry Nadler's comments? Who wrote the comments for the rest of them? And organized the, the charts and all the rest? I wonder... Deborah's home was stolen. I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls home title theft one of the fast-growing white-collar crimes. Now, this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it. But it gets worse. She says, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity are gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily, she says. Now, this is why you need to get home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. Home title lock does. So first, go to hometitlelock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim and you don't know it. That's very important. Then you can sign up to help protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. And to get you started, I got you 60 risk-free days of protection. So please go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, that's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL, go. Hi, Mark, what a fantastic show tonight. I can't wait to listen to it again. I was thinking about the dazzling shift. I, th- I hope that our uh, millennials and our Gen Z listeners come up with some creative, creative bedazzle memes in honor of him. But what I was going to say, the uh, left, what they don't earn, they steal. And obviously they're trying to steal the election. And what concerns me is now they're going on what seems like almost thought crimes from uh, 1984, George Orwell's wonderful uh, piece there. They collectively are falling on their swords in order to defend the Obama-Biden-Hillary legacies. And our eyes are on what's going on here when, I hope, more wonderful investigative reporters get to the meat of the matter on the Skulkovo project, which Dan Bongino's reported on, and um, obviously more about the Iran um, terrorist and the cover-up and the funding that was behind all of that. So uh, I thank you for everything, and the, what an incredible audience. You know, it's just what a great day for, for this show. Thank it's you. Yeah, our, our callers, including you, have been outstanding. Thank you, Donna. You take care. We have a liberal? Yes. Angie XM in Virginia, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Go right My, ahead. My comment today is I do not understand the hold that Donald Trump has on his base because all the facts that are being presented over the course of the last couple of days in the impeachment trial 
they're blatant and in front of us. It's wrong what he did. Okay, rather than platitudes, let's let's go down this lane. And unfortunately, I wish you had called earlier. So tell me, which witness has tied the President of the United States to a quid pro quo? The witnesses, well, Vinman, Sondland. No, they didn't tie him to a quid pro quo. They didn't say that he he withheld military aid for the purpose of having an investigation of Biden. Nobody has said that. But that's asking us to suspend our... our I I, I don't want you to suspend anything. I asked you a factual question. There's no witness. Which document shows that? Just name one. The document... So now you know why the base is disgusted with liberals and Vindman and others who are casting aspersions, who are projecting motives, and who are pushing a partisan agenda. You wouldn't want to be treated like this, would you? If I have a chance to clear my name by presenting people who do have firsthand information, I want them up there to defend me. Really? Really? So you want Hunter Biden to get up there and clear his name? If Hunter Biden has to come testify in order to have... How about Joe Biden? Is Joe Biden corrupt? Is Joe Biden... I do do you do you know if Joe Biden's corrupt or not? Do we know whether President Trump is corrupt? Okay, or not? stop that. I'm asking you a question. Do we Well, President Trump's been investigated by six committees of Congress, by a special counsel, and by thousands of reporters. Who's investigated Joe Biden? He the Republicans had an opportunity. I said to who investigated Biden. Joe Biden? They did who, not. Who, what Republicans had an opportunity to investigate Joe? They Biden? held the House and the Senate for two years, uh, the first two years of his presidency. But this information about the phone call, we didn't even know about that till July of this year. The question is, why does the left wing base believe what it believes? But you're a very nice lady. Call again. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'll be on Hannity in 30 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You're not going to want to miss it. So join me over there in my radio, Levinites, over on Fox. <laughs> 